Craft Beer Radio, episode 329, on April 18th, 2015. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where we have with us some nice people. <laughs> oh, That's a great a intro. I love it. And see, we we normally don't retake. If it sucks, yeah, it sucks. It sucks. So uh, so sorry, but hey, Alexis and Chipper here from Blood, Sweat, and Beer. Yay! Hello. We are very nice. I think I, we definitely think so. You can listen to uh, the pre-show if you guys want, and uh, you can hear all. Yeah, they were game for anything. Yeah. We weren't going to subject them to a pre-show, but they're like up for it, so decided on the pre-show. But let's subject them to some beer. What should we go with first? I think we should go with the blazing. Uh, world first. This is uh, from Modern Times, uh, San Diego. Mike from San Diego sent this beer. Thank you, Mike. And this is... Stay on mic, please. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's harder because we're doing this in a slightly different location. This is the... Uh, it's, okay, 6.8% alcohol by volume, 85 IBUs, Nelson, Simcoe, and Mosaic hops. The malts are used a two-row Munich midnight wheat. So, interesting... Nelson, I'm trying to remember what Nelson was like. It's uh, it's Nelson Savon Savon. So oh, Nelson uh, Savon. So it's yeah. kind of so they kind of a, a grapey quality, kind of vinous quality. Simcoe, uh, high alpha, and then Mosaic. Mosaic's one of those newer, also kind of pretty high alpha hops. Yeah, Mosaic often gives a tropical flavors to to the beer. So things like passion fruit, guava, pineapple. So this beer definitely is chock full of hop aroma. I mean, as soon as I crack the can open, the room kind of filled with uh, kind of a citrusy, tropical type aroma. This is definitely a West Coast amber. You can smell the the big hoppy bouquet on it. Yeah, so it pours pretty clear. There's a little haze to it. It is a it's not quite amber. It's a, a deep gold with a little bit of orange. It poured with uh, Okay, head. We split it four ways, so there really wasn't much opportunity for the head to really build up on this. Uh, so it's kind of thin right now. And uh, so it's a pounder can that we split four ways uh, on the label. We like these Modern Time labels. They kind of state the facts. Modern Time's beer. Hoppy, dank, amber. I don't know if you guys are, are you know, getting anything interesting on the aroma. I'm getting... It smells awesome. Yeah. I love the way it smells. Yeah. I'm getting a lot of mango. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. A little bit of pineapple. Definitely the tangerine. mango. Yeah. yeah. A little tropical fruit. Citrusy. Yeah. Yeah, there's... Uh, I'm getting some of the, the tropical flavors, but that's really not what's sticking out for me. I'm getting a bit of pininess in there, and that's kind of what I am dialing in on. That's the main thing I'm smelling. This I'm all is, tropical. I don't know. <laughs> this is this is a very. I did have the top part of the can, so we, there's oh, a there's yeah. a there's an interesting thing we found on our show where we split these beers. You would not believe how many times there's stratification in the bottle, and Greg's glass is different from my glass, and we have to pour them back and forth to blend them together so we're tasting the same beer. It happens almost all the time. Yeah. Or is it that Greg's taste buds are different? No, yeah. because yeah. After, after we blend them... We switch oh, okay. them around. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah, we drink from each other's glasses. We're not scared. And you guys yeah. pick it up. And yeah, the, certain things will stratify in the in the beer. Interesting. So, I mean, the thing that strikes me immediately is you know, big, hoppy burst, big 
um, blasts of these tropical flavors. Mm-hmm. Kind of a, a slight graham cracker malt to it, a little, little, uh, little sweet, just to give it some balance. Mm-hmm. But I mean, balance is way that, out that there. hoppy tropical burst. It tastes a lot like juicy fruit, the bubble gum. I can sort of see that. Yeah. I mean, now I'm thinking more pine. Yeah, than juicy fruit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was thinking like if juicy fruit like was wrapped around a. a it's definitely like <laughs> dank. Like that tree. is the yeah. descriptor for sure. That smell and the way it tastes. Mm-hmm. It lays on the tongue too. It mm-hmm. really uh, that bitterness sticks around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely has a lingering bitterness. What's the alcohol percent? I think it was eight point five. Oh, okay. I was about to say. I thought you said six point eight. No, six point eight. <laughs> okay, eighty five was the IBUs. So that's mm. not like crazy. No, it's not. It's not terrible. But this it's, is like big. Yeah. Flavor. It's not exactly sessionable. I mean, it's close to no. seven, but it's. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, tell us a little bit about this movie that you're here promoting. Absolutely. Uh, so, the movie is Blood, Sweat, and... Is it beer or beers? Beer. Uh, beer. Singular. Singular. Yeah. Beer. Blood, Sweat, and Beer. And it's it's a documentary. We gather that. You're here uh, for Pittsburgh Craft Beer Week, and one of the breweries you focus is a local brewery that opened about a year ago. Almost exactly a year ago. Called yeah. The Brew Gentleman. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to tell people why you're here so tell us a little bit about the project well we're really just here to drink this beer with you guys so that's the only reason <laughs> uh, no so we made uh blood sweat and beer is a feature-length documentary we explore the overall explosive growth of the u.s craft beer industry and then we focus on two startup breweries so their journey from blueprint to brewery yeah, so The Brew Gentleman is one of the breweries that we focus on in Braddock, and it was really interesting learning about the history of Braddock. So uh, it was a once prosperous steel town, just sort of maybe about 20 minutes from here where we're recording in Pittsburgh. Um, and, you know, Andrew, Andrew Carnegie's first steel mill was based in Braddock. It was like the place to live in the 50s and 60s. And then throughout the sort of 70s and 80s, a lot of those steel jobs went overseas or became automated. A lot of those jobs were lost, and the town really went downhill and was just sort of left for dead. Like, we drove through there. It's, you know, rust and ruin and trees growing through houses and a lot of abandoned buildings. Um, and we met Matt and Asa of the Brew Gentlemen. They're like fresh out of college, mm. Carnegie Mellon graduates. They're like 22, 23 years mm. old. And they told us it was their mission to use their brewery to revitalize Braddock. And we thought that is a pretty interesting story that we want to tell in this film. Yeah. And then the second brewery that we followed is Backshore Brewing in Ocean City, Maryland. And the owner of that place is named Danny Robinson. So he was one of the very first interviews that we did. And then about three months into being opened, he got slammed with a gigantic, crazy trademark lawsuit that just continued to snowball into something bigger and bigger and bigger that he's unfortunately still dealing with. Now. Oh, so it wasn't resolved in the film? Well, we ha- we heard the verdict to the lawsuit is in the film. I won't spoil it in case yeah, anybody no comes right Well, I didn't today. ask, you know. Yeah. I, just, well, I just wanted to know if there was re- if I could expect resolution. Yeah, there or is not. resolution. There is resolution, but um, and there's some. It's still sort of ongoing. He's still yeah. dealing with some of the repercussions. The repercussions, of it. yeah. yeah. So. The law doesn't end. Exactly. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> no. Yeah. So it, I mean, it's it's pretty crazy what's happened to him, and it really is like threatening his business. Um, I have no idea how he's going to pay for it. It's crazy because you know even if you win a lawsuit um you have to pay to defend yourself Mm -hmm. and it can cost a lot of money especially i think it went on for almost a year and a half that we filmed with him that the lawyers clocks were just ticking and the bills were just adding adding up so it was really 
something we didn't expect to happen when we filmed with him and sort of took an unfortunate turn, but we knew we had to sort of follow that story to wherever it was going to go. Did the uh, that verdict, did that play into when you were able to wrap the movie? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yes. So um, we found out the verdict just like a week or two before our premiere of the movie, which is at the DC Independent Film Festival. And we were like really worried because <laughs> they had initially yeah. told us it was going to take six weeks to get this verdict. This was in the fall of 2014. Yeah. It's going to take six weeks. Six weeks goes by, six more weeks. All of a sudden, it's six months later is when we finally heard that verdict and were able to go film and put that verdict into the, the movie. So there was actually like a full story to be told there. So it was really down to the wire for our premiere. But thankfully, we got it, and it's in there now. So you had like a big placeholder in Premiere for the longest time, <laughs> we right? Did. Yeah, we actually just had a black screen yeah. and white text popped up. Yeah. <laughs> Verdict to be decided. <laughs> yeah. In part two. Yes, yeah. Well, well, you guys are still working on your beer, so I'll ask you a little bit more about the movie. So we understand the movie is about primarily following the uh, opening of these two breweries, but what are some of the other elements that are featured in the film? Yeah, so some other segments, if you will, that we um, we kind of just talk about the overall growth. Um, we talk about crafty beers, okay. um, which always gets a chuckle out of all the audiences that we've shown so far. Once that pops up, everyone starts laughing because it's stuff, you know, Blue Moon, Lining Kugel, Red Shock Top. Shock Top, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then we sort of explore um, like the larger breweries sort of investing in or buying out in the case of like Goose Island, like buying breweries. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we just sort of present those facts and people can think what they want about it. Um, so that's in there. What else do we, we explore diversity in the craft brewing industry. So like whether it be women owning breweries or brewing or minorities owning breweries and brewing, um, which is always interesting to see the crowd reaction to that. Yeah. Um, We've explored that a little bit. No, we're we're hardly hard-hitting investigative journalists, but uh, (laughs) we've talked about, like, Sabre's a great event. You guys were there last year. It's almost 50% women now. But it's it it's only it it's only about four percent non-white, you know. So they still yes. have a long way to go with with uh, ethnic diversity. Absolutely. But uh, for sex diversity, you know, it's it's fifty fifty the last couple of years there. So yeah. yeah, it's funny. So the the you know women in beer minority in beer section in our film is actually we at filmed Saber. at Saver last mm-hmm. year yeah. with a uh, a woman there, Marissa Selvi, who owns Crazy Mountain Brewing Company in Vail, Colorado, and has some very strong, awesome opinions on diversity in the brewing industry and she's so funny and charismatic it really fit really well into the film and i was so happy we could film with her there did you guys ever meet ginger johnson no we haven't okay she's uh i'm not sure where she works for but she's presented at saver before um she's also very into um she's very feminist for everything but in particular beer as well too yeah, we connected with some really cool organizations. I'm not sure femi- feminist was the right term. I didn't mean to load. Oh, no. it. I didn't mean to load it in any sort of way at all. Just you feminist know. isn't loaded. Okay. Come on, no, we're all good. feminists, okay. right? Yeah, I'm fe- okay. I, I didn't know. I didn't. I wanted to make sure I didn't accidentally throw out a loaded term. No way. <laughs> we met the uh, the Pink Boots Society, the founder Terry Farfendorf, and also yeah. um, Barley's Angels is a really cool group okay. as Christine well. Christine Jump is Jump. in charge of that From, international uh, organization. So we interviewed with her too. Yeah, it was really cool. All right, we're going to move on to the next beer. And this is another beer from Modern Times. This is their Black Black House. 
5.8% alcohol by volume, 40 IBUs. It's a coffee stout. They, hmm, that's interesting. Hot varieties are two-row kiln coffee malt, oats, pale chocolate malt, black malt, roasted barley biscuit, crystal 60. Their coffee variety are 75% Ethiopian, 25% Sumatran. I'm not sure. They say that they use a CO2 extract for their hot variety. I don't know what that means. CO2 extract. Um, hmm. If only we had a tool. We had the world's <laughs> information at our fingertips. <laughs> Actually, what we need is a production assistant to yeah. do that while we're filling dead so, air here. So, but yeah, some, some hop extract, uh, probably, and uh, CO2 is just, I guess, mm-hmm. the name of it. So this beer poured with a very aggressive head. Almost like when beers are infected, they typically pour like that. So now I'm scared. I haven't smelled no. it yet. I haven't <laughs> smelled it yet. But I'm just, you know, when you do this enough, when you see the foam come up like that, really dense foam kind of just grow out of the beer when even when you're pouring it gently it's either highly carbonated or it's pdo most likely yeah you got to worry about or wild yeast infection doesn't, it doesn't smell like it smells fine yeah i mean normally what you'd get if, if it was really infected you'd get sort of a band-aid smell kind of a or a little um uh nail polish remover sometimes so here's a here's a good trick for you to really open up the aroma take the glass Tilt it over so you get about the beard almost to an inch and just turn it in your hand to coat these sides of the, the bowl of the glass there. And that just multiplies out the surface area. So now when you go to smell the beer, oh, you'll get yeah. so much more aroma. We learned that from our friends at Budweiser. Yeah, actually. We learned that from Anhe- we were an Anheuser-Busch trip, and they showed us that trick. for And for a beer like Budweiser, you really need that help to, to open up the aroma on it. This coffee stout isn't necessarily, uh, didn't really need that treatment, but it's a great treatment for you guys to know, to uh, take home and share with your friends. Yeah, so the uh, the nose is is mostly coffee. Also, you get some of that CO2 zing from the high, like, high carbonation yeah, on it. Yeah, I was thinking that is the carbonic acid kind of zing to it. So it is. There's a bit of a woodiness, too, almost like a chicory or something coming off the nose. Yeah. Yeah, at first I was like getting just straight coffee, but now it's totally different to me. Yeah, chicory. It smells good. It smells real good. So they do mention oats, so look for that kind of vague sliminess, sort of vague slickness that mm-hmm. oats bring, which I, I We lovingly enjoy. call it slimy. <laughs> it sounds it sounds like it's a derogatory term, but no, we embrace it. We love lovingly call it slimy. does have a little thinness on the body i think it might be i think the carbonation is start it's starting to go off i think the beer is it's, starting yeah to i think it, there's a there's a very slight infection but we got it early so it hasn't really affected mm-hmm. the flavor much there's a lot of roasty character a lot of these kind of chocolate and toffee notes uh the coffee is coming through reasonably well although not Super strong, which is fine. I kind of I appreciate a, a coffee beer that doesn't overdo it on the coffee, so it tastes like burnt work coffee, mm-hmm. which is normally what you get when they just throw coffee in there. Um, I like it when coffee is used judiciously, and this is pretty nice. And I think there's a, there's a nice sort of chocolate line through it all to to bring it together. Yeah, it doesn't taste so much like coffee to me as mm-hmm. much as it really has that smells like walking into a coffee shop, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. 
There's a little bit of the of the roasted coffee aftertaste. Yeah, but I get that. not a mm-hmm. huge amount of just like that that work coffee flavor, the Dunkin' Donuts coffee flavor. Yeah, it's right. kind of it's kind of a subtler cold brew type flavor mm-hmm. is what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I read that it's Ethi- or 75% Ethiopian on here, and every day we get coffee from a local roaster and we have it here in the office. So I drink you know single origin coffees every day. I, I'm not don't nearly have the coffee pedigree. I do have a beer pedigree, but you know, and it's actually a probably suggestion from reading the label, but I'm relating it to the Ethiopian that, you know, we have upstairs and it's, you know, it it definitely links together. I can actually get, I can place that where I don't know if I would have been able to do that blind, but. Is the Kunjin Ethiopian? The, um. I, I get I get coffee from him too, and uh, one of my favorites is is uh, I think one of his favorites too. It's a variety called Kunjin. I think it might be Ethiopian, but it's got this uh, big kind of like moussey quality to it. It's, mm-hmm. it's it's thicker. It feels more substantial. Moussey? Yeah, I like that. Okay, I like that one. Yeah, this is kind of um, it is pretty carbonated, mm-hmm. so it's like thinner. Yeah, the body's thinner. That's because there's a bacterial infection in there, and it's starting to eat away at the. The body of the beer needs giving off more of the, the CO2. Mm. Um, mm. It's early still. It's early still. Uh, it's nothing that's uh, harmful to humans. Yeah. All, all, the, all the bugs that are harmful to humans die in the alcohol. These, <laughs> these kind of bacteria just make the beer taste bad. And uh, it's, not, it's not too far along. I mean, I finished my sample. This wasn't a dump bucket yeah. beer. It's unfortunate because it seemed like there was a really great beer there before it started getting fouled. I mean, I, I think it still tastes great. I think that it, it, yeah, the thinness hurts a little bit, and you, and you can tell it's, it's, it's on its way to mm-hmm. to being destroyed by something. But we got it in time. It does remind me more of yeah, like you said, a cold brew mm-hmm. coffee. It has that more mm-hmm. like smooth, chocolatey. Yeah, there's yeah. not a lot of astringent yeah. quality in here. Yeah. Yeah, and and it definitely is leaning towards the chocolatey, and not some of the other floral type of volatiles you would get off a you know like a fresh cup of single origin or something we had a coffee beer was that last week we had that really good coffee beer it may have been i'm trying to remember i was hoping you remembered i remember saying really nice things about it i can't remember what beer it was though (laughs) i can't remember yesterday (laughs) (laughs) so you guys are touring the country at least the east coast here yeah with your um so how's that work? There's just independent movie festivals that accept your film and you're able to show it there. Is that mostly what you're doing? Yeah. So we've been doing film festivals as well as partnering up with like beer weeks, like Pittsburgh Craft Beer Week. We're doing Milwaukee Beer Week coming up. Um, and then just like independent venues. So theaters or um, we're going to like two breweries in Michigan next week. But we worked with like a local company to bring us to the state. So. Yeah, we're kind of just going anywhere and everywhere with the movie. Yeah, anyone who will have us. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Um, there's some cool, like Dogfish does a film, fe- or at least they did, the off-centered film festival. So mm-hmm. that'd be really cool if we could get into that. I know New Belgium does the Clips, Clips. which is a bunch okay. of shorts that they tour around the country, which is pretty cool. So there's some neat little intersections of film and beer mm-hmm. around the country that we're hoping to be a part of. But So is this the goal, or do you have an ultimate goal for, for the movie? The goal, I mean, the goal, the big goal would be Netflix. That would be yeah, our huge dream sure. come true. So how does that work? Do you need enough money to get into Netflix, or do you have, they have to 
choose to carry you or yeah you in get, a sense yeah it's like once you have enough buzz and hype you get a distributor and a distributor would work um with netflix yeah so basically there's there's a middleman and that's a film distributor that yeah. sells movies to netflix and to you know to sort of be attractive to a distributor you gotta do the grassroots like tour of the country you sort have to of show. drink beer with a lot of people it's very hard work yeah <laughs> <laughs> do you want to go with the ipa i'm thinking yeah probably i was just gonna start on the wax here oh <laughs> okay um just uh, no we keep talking about this, but yeah. So there's a lot of yeah, a lot of shaking hands, a lot of uh, a lot of a lot drinking of beer. Oh yeah. <laughs> so at least are you ever going to make a movie that's not a beer movie? After, right? right. I know. <laughs> there's a lot of perks. Yeah, that's what we kept saying. Like this is probably the most fun we will ever have making a movie. Definitely. Because yeah. any time that we want to talk to someone, it's like, oh yeah, let's get a beer. Sounds good. Sounds great. Yeah. Who doesn't want to get a beer? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll make a wine movie next. Or Craft Spirits. We heard there's a really good whiskey place. There, there's two. Wiggle. That's so, the, uh, Wiggle um, yeah. They're, yeah, they're, you could actually walk. He, I don't think they're, they're definitely not open right now. But, <laughs> no, we're not going yeah. there tonight. But, you can actually walk <laughs> but no, there's two really good spirits places. They just had yeah. the national spirits thing down in Austin a couple of weeks ago. And Wiggle and Maggie's Farmhouse Rum, or just Maggie's Farm Rum, uh, Maggie's Rum won Best Rum, and there you could walk there from here too. Cool. And uh, and Wiggle as well won a couple awards in in the whiskey category. That's awesome. But That's awesome. Uh, yeah, but uh, Maggie's won Best Rum in the country. That's pretty awesome. Wow. Is there a gin wow. a gin place in Pittsburgh Wiggle, too? Wiggle no? makes gin. They, oh, okay. They, they so that's what I'm right. thinking of. Yeah. Okay. Keep talking. I'm still working on this wax. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fascinating. I mean, we could do. A whole I know we're all on, just like yeah. staring at the wax label. <laughs> the anticipation. <laughs> Which um, Chip and I on the one of the very first road trips that we ever did, we actually went to Maker's Mark, and the mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the tour, the waxing thing wasn't going, but. They do let you, if you buy a bottle, you get to, like, hand dip your own. Oh, but it's in the wax. It wasn't running cool. that day, oh, so we didn't get no. to do it. Yeah, but it would have been fun for sure. All right, I should probably get that cap off. So now we can do the IPA out of the can. Mm. All that misdirection. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, was this a Mike beer? Yeah. Mike uh, sent this to us. Thanks again, Mike. This Thank you, is Mike. Swami's India Pale Ale from Pizza Port. 6.8% alcohol by volume. Malts that are used are two-row Munich, one, and flaked rice. Hops, Centennial, Cascade, CTZ, Chinook, Simcoe, Citra, quite a bouquet. Lots of American hops there. So I would expect this to have pretty piney, pretty strong. uh, Uh, With the CTZ, yeah. yeah. CTZ is an acronym for um, Columbus Tomahawk Zeus. Tomahawk and Zeus are practically the same hop with different trademarks. And uh, Columbus, it's close enough. I don't think it's technically the same genetic hop, though. <laughs> oh, that's dank. <laughs> that's really dank. <laughs> a little bit of... Uh, so we have, a, we have a word we invented. Um, <laughs> let's hear it. It's called Dord. Dord. Um... There's a smell that we have called various things in the past. Uh, cat pee. Um, I think Alexis says armpit. No, 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 no. 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 Armpit 
is to me like wheat beers. Oh, you get that okay. off like some like Belgian. Yeah, so yeah. Stuff, we yeah. used to call it cat pee, and then I think for a while we were calling it urinal. <laughs> and we got sick of using these terms because it's the best possible cat pee in many cases the best possible <laughs> urinal in many yeah. cases. so it's we a just component of that but it's not it's not like so the full urinal we experience. just made up a word greg came up with the dord and dord. so you know it's kind of shorthand and we describe it on occasion but you know you're not you're going to hear us use dord on a show and not actually define it sometimes <laughs> so now that we defined it you're not going to hear the yeah. definition for dord for a while so is this dord there's a little bit of dord there Okay, that's weird that you said cat pee. I never, oh, but I now that you said that. that, I'm like, oh yeah. So but it smells so good. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's uh, the first one that really made me think of this, and this was back in 2004. I was out west, and there was a brewery. I don't know if they're still around in the Seattle area, or not even in the Yakima area, called LaConnor, and they had an IPA. And it was like almost all Amarillo hops, and the way they used the Amarillo, it was so aggressive and abrasive, and it had this cat pee type aroma to it but it was a good part of cat pee. yeah and you know or a component of it was cat pee and uh it's been so long since i can get back to that original yeah. cat pee beer you know things have <laughs> things have it seems like my palate has evolved you know tremendously since that was pre-show you know that was a couple years before we started the show a year before we started the show i find simcoe uh especially when they when when brewers go hard on simcoe can leave the, some of the similar uh Mm. Along with that, this one is also carrying a bit of pineapple. There's a bit of orange pith, and probably a touch of pininess in there too. Not much malt on the aroma. The hops are really dominating the aroma. It's pretty light in color too. It's kind of a straw. Yeah, pretty clear. Slight haze to it. It's a golden straw color. really juicy on the flavor it almost tastes like one of those bursting juicy hop flavors tastes like a um clementine or something like that you get a big clementine flavor i like that you know lately i've been getting more and more uh, onion out of some of these big hop combinations i think that's there i think there's a little because it's sulfury i mean that's Mm -hmm. you know onions have that sort of sulfury context and anything that has this much alpha acid is going to have uh, sulfur content in there and I'm just tasting something in there that's kind of reminding me of like a like a fresh green onion oh my gosh yeah <laughs> now that you're saying that that's all I can think <laughs> a green onion mm-hmm. oh my god like when you're cutting it and the smell mm-hmm. oh my god <laughs> I'm glad we can give you some new vocabulary I mean yeah, that, I think that's that's what I'm most proud of of this show you know it's, you're proud of Dord yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not most proud of Dord. What I'm most proud, what I'm most proud of is, you know, we're drinking these beers. Not everyone can get these beers, but they listen. They hear these vocabularies. They can take them home and try to find them themselves. Yeah. You know, we make it. We kind of make it okay to use certain terms, or even, and sometimes we use terms that like aren't even. Well, cat pee is not really a food, but we'll use things like asphalt or granite or you know things like that. Okay. Interesting. So, you know, we'll use things that aren't even on the menu normally. And I, I think that's just, I already said it, I don't want to blow my own too much, but that's what I like the best about what we do. Yeah, yeah. I'm impressed. You, yeah, guys you guys are, are bringing the noise on the beer vocab, <laughs> I gotta say. Have you guys 
thought about or have you already taken the Cicerone exam or thought about that at all? I've thought about it. I mean, we both work in tech. There's going to be no Mm -hmm. financial incentive. You know, it's not going to make us any more employable to to be a certified Cicerone. Um, it'd be fun to take. But you yeah. could say. Just, you it know. could be fun, though. <laughs> I, I, I should have Ray and see if he would just kind of comp me a test. There you go. Hey, <laughs> listeners, write in or yeah. send, send your checks in and sponsor these guys taking the Tweet Cicerone to exam. Cicerone. Yeah. <laughs> Jen is a BJCP judge, and I uh, oh, wow. consider taking the, the stuff because it seems like why not. I think you guys could do it. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It, it would be fun to do the Cicerone. It would actually be really fun to just... To go through the trials of the Master Cicerone. Oh my gosh. Oh my just, God. Wow. Yes. Just to see, like, wh- how good my chops are. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, ex- even if I don't pass, I don't care. I just want to see how well I do. The challenge. How yeah. well I do at the challenge. The Master Cicerone, Greg, if you don't know, it's, it's crazy. There's, you have like six or seven interview sessions, and, you know, they're just exhaustively testing your knowledge of all things beer. So we interviewed Pat Fahey, who is the youngest Mm -hmm. uh, master Cicerone in the world. And he told us that he read a 800-page textbook just on malting Mm -hmm. (laughs) during the course, his year-long study. And since since Pat and Nicole and the other ones have made it... um, they're changing the test. It's going to be more grueling. You're going to be oh, talking wow. to more oh people. God. Well, you're going to be talking to more people. Maybe if each yeah. session's shorter, but you're getting more input into your knowledge. Instead, sounds, of just, instead of just going like three interviews, now it's going to be like six or seven. So wow. sounds like a dissertation for a PhD. I mean, really exactly. I think it kind of is. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that. Yeah. And so there's a really good documentary also, if people are into wine at all, it's called SOM. S-O-M-M, and yeah. it's about people studying for the Master's Sommelier exam. Um, so we were, for a while, we were like, maybe we should make, like, the beer Cicerone. version yeah. mm-hmm. of Psalm because it's such a good movie, and it's it's so crazy the lengths that people will go to to just really invest and totally, like, just dive into studying beer and the f- flavor characteristics and the vocabulary, and the, it's crazy. <laughs> it's, I could never do it. I heard, <laughs> um, you know... I, I, I listen to the Strange Brews podcast mm-hmm. oh, on occasion, yeah. so I heard you guys on yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, we talked to and, them. Um, but they had Ray Daniels on a couple of weeks ago, and oh, wow. I'm surpri- I was surprised. Cicerone's eight years old now. Wow. It doesn't seem like it's really? very well, I mean, I, wow. I have noticed that that word has become much more common and mm-hmm. much more known. It, it used to be like, well, uh, we had a beer sommelier. And yeah, now- yeah, you don't have to often define Cicerone, especially when you're talking to people that are a little bit beer knowledgeable. You know, it's like when we started our show, we had to describe what a podcast was to everybody. <laughs> it's like a ra- it's like an internet radio show, but it's kind of like TiVo for that. You know? <laughs> All right, so I, I don't think we want to do the sour beer next. I think that'll blow out our taste buds. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So we're going to do the uh, not the stoic. Now we're not going to pour a lot of this because this is probably pretty high in alcohol. I forgot to put in my date, my birth date on the Deschutes website, so I don't have the information quite yet. So do you guys know your horoscope signs? <laughs> I, I, I know what it ask. is. Yeah, I know what it is, but I don't, I don't know to, anything about it. Yeah, I, all right, what are you guys? Alexis well, I also know that, that the um, the horoscopes are wrong because... Well, oh, right. Okay, okay, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I take some issue with this argument, but... <laughs> well, well, the point is the sun is supposed to be in that constellation, and it's not in that constellation. Yeah. Uh, so what are you guys? It's because of procession. But um, I'm a Virgo. Oh, okay. What are you? Sagittarius. Oh, okay. So I'm a Leo, but I'm on the last day of Leo, so I feel like I'm half Virgo. Mm-hmm. That crazy type A personality. 
Chip is a Libra. That's the balancing scales. And Sagittarians get along very well with Leos and Libras and Virgos. Oh, wow. You're the philosopher of the Zodiac. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> You're like the wacky professor. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you see, switch those, and I think you <laughs> right. Uh, for, for me and Jeff, at least. All right, so this is not the Stoic, which is a quad, Belgian quad aged uh, in select oak casks, malted with Pilsner, Special B, and Crystal Rye, hot with uh, Zotz. They also use pomegranate molasses, barrel age 11 months, and 15% Pinot Noir and 15% rye whiskey. 12.1% alcohol by volume, 15 IBUs. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> we got to split it four ways. Yeah. And, and we didn't use the whole bottle at all, so we're not going to finish that. Yeah, that's a quad, all right. And really, I mean, the moment packs a big uh, like stone fruit punch big cherry cherry maybe even a little uh, little apple a little peach mm-hmm. a little pear it smells amazing yeah, it smells so good it smells like if you go to Germany and get schnapps made in Germany <laughs> that's what it smells like to me yeah yeah I'm, I'm spot on with what Alexis said with the yeah. cherries that's the main thing that I smelled and then, you know, as Greg mentioned, the other ones, I get those, but yeah, I'm getting a tart cherry as the main aroma on this. And well, did use that I, wish, I wish I yep. didn't know. Molasses, for I sure, wish yeah. I didn't know pomegranate molasses because, like, yes, I smell that, but I would rather have had a blind call on that one instead of reading it right here <laughs> on the label. Because I don't know how much of that is a suggestion. That's the thing that bugs me because it really seems like there's something. Um, Molassesy, or um, maybe agave nectar, or something along those lines in here, you know, and that's from the molasses moment was certain. But it's one of those things we've done blind shows before, and it's amazing how you know you, you, we're, we're pretty refined in our taste buds, but when we're blind, we have no idea. If you don't have what's in, if you if you can't even see the beer. Uh, well, we've done blindfolded shows, oh, cool. so you can't even see the color. That's awesome. And so we, we, we kind of lose our bearings. And, yeah. we, and you hook onto the wrong thing. Yeah. And you ride that horse, and it's the wrong horse. And it, it, they're fun shows to, to, for the listeners, because yeah. what we'll do in post-production is we'll tell the listener before we start drinking the beer what we're drinking, but we, you know, but we don't know. And they can watch you guys go down yeah. the wrong Basically, road. Basically, <laughs> you know, they're like yelling like at the radio, like, you guys, well, how can you? We actually got some of our most critical feedback ever like you guys are idiots how could you think <laughs> that the first blind show how can you guys because yeah. i remember we had a really hoppy stout mm-hmm. and this was one where we were blindfolded wow. and we were calling it an ipa or something like that and we take out the blindfold and you know it turns out to be a stout and yeah we got some feedback on that one that people so we i just picture people like riding the bus with yeah. their earbuds <laughs> in just like screaming out loud everyone's staring at them like come on guys <laughs> but it, it is amazing how just i mean Simple, suggestive things yeah. play so much a role in, in, in what you are actually perceiving. This tastes like molasses to me. Definitely. Mm. Like, super molasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, the body's weird for me because, or I should say the finish, because there's like, 
it's like split in half. Like the left side, of my, left side of my tongue is like tasting how dry and minerally it is, and the right side of my tongue is like tasting how sweet it is. It's like like straight down my tongue. It's like two different finishes on the beer. I mean, I definitely agree with you, Alexis. That it's got this big molasses kind of uh, thickness about it. Yeah, uh, that just kind of overwhelms the initial flavors and I'm not getting as many of the great fruity esters that really mm-hmm. come from the Belgian yeast that I would like that really you smelled them but you're not I'm, I'm not really tasting as much of like the the interesting fruity stuff coming out of it I mean I get like a cherry taste also mm-hmm. but it reminds me my grandmother makes molasses crinkly's cookies that's like okay. that's yeah. what this tastes like <laughs> I would say, you know, let's give it a few sips because I think we'll probably come accustomed to it and probably pull out some of those esters. Uh, my second sip seemed to open those up a little bit more. Okay. So I wouldn't jump to I wish I could remember the story why this is called Not the Stoic. Um, but I can't. If you go back to... <laughs> if you, if, actually, it is, doc, it is documented. If you go back to when I interviewed um, the dude from Deschutes when they launched in the market, uh, we talked about this beer and the Stoic and... Ah, oh, I can't remember the story. But it was a good one, so go back and listen. <laughs> like a lot of Belgian dark beers, this is a beer that I think kind of calls out for food. It, it, wow. yeah. Oh my gosh, you, you yes. Need, I mean, it feels like you just need to... I mean, having this with, with even just a like a burger would, would be great, but even... Um, Some cheese, maybe? Yeah, cheese. Yeah. Waffles. Waffles. Oh, waffles. Oh, whoa. Course. Okay. I like that idea. Yeah. Ch- chicken and waffles. <laughs> Fried chicken and waffles. I love me chicken and waffles, yeah. but I, I don't think I want that savory sausage gravy with the, with the Oh, spear. boy. I don't know about savory. Yeah, no gravy. Skip the gravy. But anything that has some some fatty quality to it, a little bit of gaminess, I think, might really go. So some meat and, or a cheese with, that, with the fat content would really... Mm kind of help just cut some of these slightly there, there's a kind of a tad tart a tad acidic yeah like bit to it and i think if you had yeah some fat to cut that it would really um really go down extremely well yeah i mean as i'm drinking this i think what greg said earlier where the molasses um, flavors are kind of dominating it uh that's true I'm also enjoying it quite a bit. You know, I don't think it's really discouraging my enjoyment of the beer. Sure, it'd be really cool to get some more pear and floral esters out of there, but I'm enjoying this. I think it's put the, well put together beer. It's really good. Uh, yeah, this is really good. Yeah. So what's next for you guys? What's your next feature length presentation or film? Oh no, you asked the worst question ever because <laughs> we don't know. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. We're just trying to. Now that we spent almost two years making the Blood, Sweat, and Beer movie, we're trying to share it with a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think we have like so many ideas, but nothing that's, nothing that's stuck to the stirred. wall that sure. we're like, this is going to be it. No, I yeah. mean, I, I definitely understand, you know, you spent all this time, you know, all this blood and sweat making the film. And tears. We, and cr- tears. I, yes. we cried a lot. Oh, several <laughs> times. Uh, so yeah, enjoy the the you know showing it off and, and getting the feedback and whatnot. Uh, I just thought maybe one of you had like a, a pet project you really wanted to work on. Next. Okay, okay, we actually have a few ideas. Let me pitch you right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, pitch session. Okay, pretty poison. The dirty truth about what's in your makeup. 
go on. You guys probably don't wear makeup, but... (laughs) And my wife doesn't wear makeup either, so... Okay, so in a lot of makeup, like shampoo, conditioner, personal care products Mm -hmm. in the U.S., there are chemicals that are banned in Europe, Australia, and Canada that we allow here. And a lot of those chemicals have been linked to reproductive disorders, cancer... um, also, that, nasty stuff. That's kind of like yeah. every chemical in the United States, right? Pretty right? Much. Yeah, this is like the classic sure. American story. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But but we thought it might be interesting to look into that. Yeah. A little bit more, and it's just something that out. not a lot of people know about mm-hmm. that yeah. I'm kind of crazy about. So I think it could be interesting. Yeah. Um, I would also be interested in making a documentary about the effects of reality television oh, <laughs> on. Yeah like our culture and our brain because now i feel like younger generations mm-hmm. like uh i don't know it's so they're weird. raised on I, it. I, yeah I, it's actually totally i kind of like that idea i mean we haven't talked much you know greg and i've been friends since survivor first came out oh the my original gosh, the reality survivor, show yeah. so when that first came out it was it was a phenomenon greg, greg was a fan you know he's yeah. long since yeah. given it up but you know there's mm-hmm. there's oh i like this idea because <laughs> there's i mean there's all the reality tv you know, all the way down to the Real Housewives and all that stuff. But you know, what I find interesting. You guys ever watched the Joe Schmo show? No. Mm-hmm. What is that? Oh, it sounds like something. It's I a parody like, of the reality it's a, it's show. So it's, it's, well, it's a parody. It's a parody of The Bachelor type okay. thing. Okay, so they're locked up in a mansion in the, in the you know Hollywood <laughs> Hills type thing, and it's competition. But there's only one person on the reality show. Everyone else is an actor. Oh, so it's scripted great. to fuck with. Or to, sorry, this is the main <laughs> no. show. I, nor- I normally don't say that show that word on the main show. I'm sorry. It's scripted to mess with that guy. So these characters are every out oh, there that's... stereotype on reality TV. You know, you just need to find it on Netflix or Amazon or something wow. and watch. There's two or there's three seasons of the Joe Schmo show. First one, the actually two times. Kristen ti- Wiig was on the first. Two. Season. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I love her. Two of the three times. The schmo was from Pittsburgh, so I guess we're pretty gullible. You guys got watch schmoes, watch schmoes. So wait, so uh, even though they're actors, they have to be fairly like un- well, improv, unrecognizable yeah. actors, right? They can't yeah. be too yeah. famous, yeah. right? Because otherwise, the person would be like, "Oh, weird. I'm a schmo, but I yeah. know that person." Yeah. From I think in the yeah. one season, the one guy kind of recognized, and Ralph yeah. Gorman is is like. The, the host, the host. Okay. and but he play, he wears this guy as he plays a really other character but he's probably one of the most recognizable people um, if you do the reality show you gotta watch oh, the Joe Schmo gotta show gotta do that gotta include them and then there's all the this is really post show type yeah. topics I'm sorry <laughs> but you know everything is on true TV which is like these fake reality shows yeah. you, know, you gotta talk about those too well I just oh. remember there was um, I think it was like a bachelor season or something. And so what they did was that they said that the main guy, so the bachelor is like, there's one bachelor and then, you know, 15 or 25 women or whatever, like competing mm-hmm. to get his love and an engagement <laughs> in yeah. two weeks. But so they said that the bachelor was like, you know, a tech genius, a multimillionaire. Uh, he has like a family estate, a beach house, blah, 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 blah. And then it turned out he was like a plumber. Or uh, it was Joe Millionaire, like, wasn't it? Was, was, was that, that Joe Millionaire? Yeah, I think it was. Joe that Millionaire. was like a couple of years ago. And wow. then it was like there were three women like fighting to the battle to the death at the end. Mm-hmm. And then once they all found out, they were like, "Yeah, no, we're not in love with him anymore." So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just I don't know. It's such like a weird phenomenon, and it's totally unique to this mm-hmm. time period. Mm-hmm. It's got to be like I don't know. It's just different. I mean, I, the the thing that I would counter with is that every decade has its like its entertainment that 
that defines it. Yeah. And you know, if you look at like the seventies, the films in the seventies have a whole different reality to them than oh, the yeah. films we do. Like in the eighties, it was totally different <laughs> structure, and, and sitcoms are way different than you know than they are now. And we're, we're kind of going back into the fifties with 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 single camera mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Um, like Sergeant Bilko and things like that that actually were these you know these big that were not these plays in front of yeah, no no laugh track yeah and, yeah exactly yeah it's interesting to watch i wonder if reality television will go away gosh i hope it does I don't like know if, if it's it kind of like a fad it's, like that i, I think or... it's too cheap to not go away but That's what right, I think you're too. right yeah but i think that you put since, a, since there's a million channels and a million websites to go to yeah the popularity is going to wane it's going to happen you put a bunch of conflicting personalities in a room i know it's <laughs> so smart it's literally so smart yeah. <laughs> oh gosh you guys <laughs> <laughs> all right let's move on to the next okay beer. so the final beer of the night we're ending with the mckeller spontana beetroot so this is a um one of the mckeller spontana series this is a 2013 made was basically a lambic with beetroot the color is out of Denmark. I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, mm-hmm. it looks beautiful, the color of it. Mm-hmm. Last one we had a couple weeks ago, we had the Spontan Gooseberry. Mm. It was really tart. And we had, uh, before on the show, oh. Spontan Frambois, which was the uh, the raspberry. And that, that sounds was, good. That was unbelievably awesome. You're making me jealous. <laughs> <laughs> we get these. There's a there's a place in Ohio, uh, about an hour north of here, um, or not north. Well, yeah. north, north, northwest. north northwest. Northish. Uh, <laughs> called Vintage Estates, which has a, a large selection of beers. So I, I sometimes go up and grab these and cool. come back down. Yeah. So I mean, this is a, a true lambic. When you smell it, you mm-hmm. smell something that is pretty funky, leathery. Cheese. Uh, cheesy. Cheese rind. Cheese, yeah. Oh, it smells so good. I'm so excited. The, the color this. is this, it is this bright red, uh, this bright kind of beet color. Yeah, it's beautiful. It looks like strawberry juice, even though yeah, it's it, it, it's Yeah, you know, the beets really provide a ton of color, and it's, it's, a, it's a very uh, luminescent color. It's not dark, deep, purpley red like you would expect from a beet juice, that type thing. You can smell those uh, that spontaneous yeast fermentation on there because it's, it's it's funky. It's it's a little bit, you know, that that rope, that coiled rope mm-hmm. stuff, the barnyard. But it also, if you get past that, you can really. It's amazing how much it sort of livens up the beer. I love your adjectives. Co- <laughs> coiled just, rope. That coiled is rope. such a good descriptor. That is so cool. <laughs> I would never think that. Everything's yeah. in play. Everything's yeah. in play. We've talked about like books on a shelf in a dusty den. Love you know, it. we've used all kinds of very poetic. Mm-hmm. We don't do it all the time. You know, it's like we don't like just make things up to be <laughs> to be poetic about it. But I mean, when it get, fits, you got to smell some cold rope before you can just call something. You cold do. Rope. Yeah. Well, it's like you know, there's like when something's oxidized. We'll talk about you yeah. know how it's a cardboardy flavor. And I remember at one point, Greg's like, "You don't know what cardboard tastes like." I kind of do. I've chewed on cardboard May before. I've chewed on some cardboard. <laughs> yeah, stick things in your mouth. Go lick that brick wall right now and see what it tastes like. Somebody go lick that map. <laughs> this is 
This is very good. It's bright. It's tart without being overly sour. The sourness is still there. The flavor is almost strawberry-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just going to say, and then I just had a, the nose just changed a little bit. Kiwi's good. I was getting a bit of hibiscus as well. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, kiwi, it's like a little sharp metallic, mm-hmm. kind of like, which reminds me of, yeah, a kiwi fruit, like when you bite into one. Right. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, this is so good. <laughs> it's really good. And there's a there's a slight, I don't know quite how to put it, a, a, a kind of mushroomy flavor mm. on the bottom that I think is coming from the yeast and, and some of the beets probably, just some mm. of that... Uh, some of that earthiness mm-hmm. is in Earthy, there. sort of wild. I was uh, out in San Francisco last week for for work, and I went to my Keller bar, and I had the spa- I had a taste of the Spontan Creek. Mm. I didn't like it nearly as much as this. It was very Maybe very cherry. cherry. Yeah, uh, I didn't think I, I just had a taste. I couldn't drink a whole eight ounce glass of that. I went off to something else. Well, this is also 2013, right? So this has had two oh, yeah. years to yeah. mellow. Mm-hmm. So it could have been, you know, when you opened it up in 2013, it might have been really sharp mm-hmm. and and very sour. But it's, it, well, it is beads. Really, it definitely not. mellows out, mm-hmm. like, on that. It's real. Yeah, like yeah. a mushroom. Kind of just yeah. calms down a little bit. Because the first taste is... Yeah, the first taste is, whoa. Especially yeah. when you go from the... The big molasses stuff into yeah. this. It really cuts it. Mm. This That's, is great, though. I really... This is a front runner for me. It's really good. Oh, man. Get some, like, Parmesan cheese. Mm. There you <laughs> go. Yeah, like Some a... fruit. <laughs> yeah, I can't recommend this one, This enough. This is, this is really I, tasty. Yeah, this is awesome. Mm. All right, I guess it's time to move on to the rankings it is. as we slowly enjoy the rest of this beer. I could start out here, I guess. I, I think I'm going to start from the top because I don't feel like thinking too hard. Like Sometimes we like to build suspense and start from the bottom. You know, it's just like no one really cares, but we like to build suspense anyway. Uh, but I don't feel like reverse engineering the algorithm. So I'm going to start with the McKellar as my number one beer. This was just so good, so tasty. And then the rest of the beers are all pretty tight. It's... Uh, uh, I'm going to have to penalize that coffee beer because it was getting an infect, catching a cold. Um, let's see. I'm going to do the pizza port in number two. I just really like the hop character on that one. It was the, the juicy clementine flavor is what sealed the deal for me. It had a lovely aroma, but I really like that bright, juicy hop flavor. And then it gets hard here. We try to be honest with ourselves, so we spend way too much time trying to come up with an honest answer (laughs) um i think i'm gonna put the modern times in number three it was another great hoppy character you're talking about the blazing oh the blazing world yeah put that number three i think that just had a really good character not the stoic was close behind that they were all really good beers um if i penal you know not stoic was a little rough coming in where I t- there was mineral- mineraliness I had to get used to but after a few sips I turned me on so that's probably the reason it made it in fourth instead of third and then yeah the the black house from modern times it seemed like it used to be a really good coffee beer but it was starting to catch a cold and um, just can't rank it any higher than that okay I am going to uh, I like to start from the bottom just because it's more it's more fun for me. Yeah, uh, Black House. I agree. It's a 
it, I think there was a there's a fantastic beer in there if then if uh, that infection wasn't there, and I think that you know if it had that full body, it may have um, it may have been number two. It wouldn't have been number one. I still wouldn't have been beat the McKellar. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> uh, number four, I'm going to go with the Deschutes. I think that it's. Uh, I think it was a decent quad, but I've had better quads that have more character to them. It felt the molasses was a little bit overpowering. It didn't feel like I, I couldn't. I mean, they talked about how the different whiskey barrels and and wine barrels. I couldn't taste any of that complexity there. It just felt. Okay, I'm overloaded with molasses. Even though it's a good beer, it wasn't what I wanted out of it. Uh, then I'm going to go with the pizza port. I just I liked the Blazing World better. Is all there is to it. I think they were both very good. Mm-hmm. I think the Blazing World was better, and then this McKellar is fantastic. So you guys, you don't we don't you don't have to rank. You can just tell tell us what you like. Sure. Yeah. So I mean. I really like the McKellar. So good. It's really good. <laughs> it was awesome. It's really good. Um, I also, I really like the quad. Oh my God, me too. Okay. okay. Yeah, me right. too. Yeah. Yeah, I really like the quad. I really like that molasses. Um, it had a very, it was like very nostalgic for me because it literally reminded me of the cookies that we had every Christmas growing oh, up. Yeah. So. Anytime a beer tastes like grandma's cookies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's. Yeah, it was, it was bringing me it. back. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I I like the the pizza port a lot. Um, I I'm pretty, yeah, nice beer. Sit outside in yeah. the sunshine. And that's we when we visited San Diego. That's we went there, and I yeah. remember really enjoying their beer and the atmosphere. Although that shouldn't affect my tasting here, but right. I really did enjoy this one yeah. that they sent you guys. Well, it's just well. like Grimmel's cookies, right? Oh mm-hmm. yeah, just I mean, like Grimmel's cookies. You know, it's it's really hard with taste and scent. I mean, everything really is linked to memory and nostalgia, mm-hmm. and so it's kind of hard not to uh, factor that in when you're ranking stuff. Um, just conjures these awesome memories. So yeah. I mean, they were all really good, though. Yeah, Both of the really modern good. times. I agree. Like, that coffee one, I feel like it would be so good if mm-hmm. it was super fresh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, because I really liked it. And I love a stout, and I love coffee flavors, so. Mm-hmm. I love what it was doing with the coffee. I love yeah. the, the, the chocolate undertones and the way it it didn't get the those astringent qualities of coffee. In it, it was like a cold brew coffee. Yeah. yeah. That was good. Well, um, Chip, Alexis, anything else you want to say about your uh, your movie before we go? Uh, yeah, if people want to want to check out the trailer for the movie, it's bloodsweatbeermovie.com. Uh, if you're interested in pre-ordering it, you can use the coupon code BEERME, and you can save 20%. That'd be awesome. We'd really appreciate the support. Uh, like us on Facebook, Blood Sweat Beer Movie. Like us on Twitter at Blood Sweat Brew. Yeah, if you follow us on Twitter, you can see what we're drinking. Mm-hmm. That's we true. drink... Very sporadically, not that much. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> You're just restrained to what you tw- uh, what your Facebook post about it. Oh, guess, right, so. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening to another episode of Craft Beer Radio. I guess Taylor's going to play us out. Bye, Taylor. <laughs> Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you want to email us, you can email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. You can hit us up on Twitter. I am at Jeff Bear. At CDR Greg. And we have at Craft Beer Radio if you want to hit up just the both of us in general. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we will talk to you again very soon. Thanks, guys. It's great. Thank Thanks. you so much. Oh, man. You guys brought the noise with these beers. They were so good. <laughs>